super excited this morning because I have a dear friend, sister in Christ, Meredith Kendall with me. And for those of you that know Meredith and Rob, you are totally blessed. And for those of you that do not know them, you're going to be blessed by the time we get done talking. Meredith, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me. I am so excited to see your beautiful face because I miss you. Okay. So they lived in Tennessee for many years and now they have moved to Florida. Tell them about beautiful, sunny Florida and what you're doing there, Meredith. Oh, sunny Florida, sunny, hot Florida. We're in the Southwest. Um, Cape Coral, for anybody who doesn't know, we're below Sarasota and Tampa almost to uh, the end before you have to go across Alligator Alley to get over to Miami. So <laughs> we are down there. Um, we actually came down here because God called us down here to plant a church. And so we have been diligently working on that for the last couple of, well, 18 months now. Uh, we went live in September and then um, some things happened and COVID happened. And so <laughs> it's given us some time to really kind of go back and reevaluate who we are and how we do ministry. And when we relaunch, which will be this Sunday, we will relaunch as a uh, house church instead of a um, church service in a big building, that kind of thing. We will be um, doing church in houses. I love that. I love that because, you know, that's where it all started. You know, it Jesus, and how, you know, Jesus visited people, but when the apostles met and gathered, they gathered in the homes. Yep. So beautiful. And I love the name restoration. Y'all listen, okay? <laughs> you know, that a chapter in one of my books and, a, and actually I need to write a whole book on this topic, um, restoration, because restoration begins with rest. And I just love that name. It's very, um, it's powerful and it's profound. And that's what we're doing. We're be, all being restored from glory to glory. So how did y'all come up with that name? Was it, I'm sure that it was spirit led, but what was the final decision maker on that? It was, it's actually a uh, dual meeting. We are part of the restoration movement through the Christian church. Um, we're not a denomination. We're just a kind of movement of churches. We're sister churches. Okay. Cause we don't have anything over us. Uh, except for God. And so that is part of the restoration movement. And, and then if you know anything about us for the last almost 20 years, we've been doing restoration ministry, yes. helping people be healed from the inside out. Yes. So. And that's how I connected with you. I, I never will forget the very first time I met you because I was like, <laughs> My gosh, she's like a kindred spirit because we have that heart to see people become whole spirit, soul and body, every area of their life flowing and flourishing rather than being stuck. And we see a lot of stuck people. Tell them a little bit about 180 because I know that I love it. I love the curriculum and I reckon, recommend y'all go check this out. But share with them, Meredith, about 180, how it got started as well. Actually, the 180 program got started in 2002 when God really laid on our hearts that the way we did church, the way we did outreach was not biblical model. It wasn't about a go into the community, have your big blow ups and have your big fun and then leave. You know, that makes us feel good. But sure. what about the people we left behind, you know? Yeah. And so the, the church we were at at the time was biracial. Uh, we had an African-American pastor and his big thing was being in the city for the city, you know. And so God started stirring in our hearts that doing church had to be different and how we did ministry needed to be different. And from that, my husband took a year off 
uh, just kind of got before the Lord, praying, deciding what was, you know, okay, what do we do? So the name actually for our ministry originally was against the grain off of Romans 12 2, do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but um, go against the grain of society. Yes. And so um, from all of that, um, I met a young lady and her story was one of the church just kind of doing everything for them. Um, and that's one of the things we found very quickly was churches are very great at um, throwing money at a situation. Let's pay a bill. Let's do this. Let's do that. Instead of let's find what your God given talent is. Who are you? And so we started with a group of ladies um, that basically we told them, we're not paying your bill. We're not paying your light bills, but we will walk with you as parents in relationship, teaching you the things that we learned growing up. How do you budget? You know, how important is school? You know, something as simple as how important it is to take the rest of the medication, even though you feel better so that you don't relapse, you know, just silly stuff that you, we took for granted because you just learned it because that's how you grew up. Sure. And so when we first started, we, you know, I joke all the time. I never knew how many women would show up at my house, but Thursday nights, it was dinner night and they would come over and we would have fellowship by eating together. We'd break bread together. And then the kids would go into the downstairs area with our daughters. They would do homework, watch TV, play a game, whatever it was. And the ladies were upstairs and they would ask us questions because we did not know what they struggled with. Sure. You know, we came from two completely backgrounds. OK. And so we didn't know what they struggled with. So we asked them, what is it that you want to know? So they would ask questions. We would tell them a worldview, basically what we grew up with. But then we would take them to the Bible and say, this is what God has to say about it. Nice. Nice. And that is how the 180 program got started. It was all done through relationships um, and the and the books that we've written, the curriculum that we've written from it started as an in-house Bible study of women asking us questions. How do we change our life? How do we stop doing what we've been doing? And how do we do something different? I love that. I absolutely love that because I remember um, you going even into parks and, and meeting women there. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and that's, that's what we need to do. Uh, you know, we need to be a church without walls, you know, mm -hmm. and be able to meet people where they're at. Yeah. You know, how refreshing to someone. I was just as you were talking about that, I was reflecting on my own life, you know, rewind 30 some years ago. You know, I was that woman that if I was in the Franklin area, I would have been at your house on Thursday night. Like, what, what in the world do I do with this mess? You know, right. You know, I don't have an education. I've got these two kids. I'm struggling all these areas. I need help, you know, uh, and, and whenever we are willing to be teachable, coachable, mentorable, it transforms things. Yeah. You know, I mean, God has done miracles in my life over the years, and I know that it's possible. And so many times they need someone who believes in them. And I see you and Rob is always believing in that person. <laughs> Even the underdog, you know, even the one that, you know, people are like, no, no, you know, and you, it, it reminds me of just being able to minister on a level of where you reach in 
and it something touches their heart. And we know it's the Holy Spirit working through you, but you got to show up. You know what I'm saying? And that's the biggest thing is showing up. And I love that because you're right. You know, uh, in unintentionally, a lot of ministries in the past have enabled people to stay where they're at. Mm -hmm. You know, instead of what is the saying, you know, give them a fish they eat for a day and, and teach them to fish. And they're going to be able to multiply that and live for a long time. But if you have ever read my husband's book, Breaking the Broken, Debunking the Myth of Social Justice, he will tell you that that is a great place to start from. But the other issue is, is if they don't have permission to use the pond or if they don't have a fishing pole or if they don't have a tackle box, yes. or what if they're in the desert and there is no water, then you have to teach them something different. Right. Because not everything is about teaching to fish, That's but right. it is about relationship building so that I can help you and you can even help me. I mean, I can't tell you how much I've learned from the ladies and even the men over the years of, of my own self and things that I was like, oh, I've got this handled. No, I don't, right. you know, no, I don't, you oh. know, and, even, and stuff that they've taught me yeah. and, and they're friends. I mean, it's not, and it's more about in, and I'll back up. When we first got started, we were at a local church and we had a table and they, you know, we could sign up for volunteers and everything. And one of the ladies, she was actually African-American, walked up to me and I still remember the day she walked up and she said, what makes your ministry different than all the rest? And before I could even stop to think, all I blurted out was relationships. Amen. And she said, okay, I'm in. Do we and I can't tell you how many other people have said, you know, I liked my life a little bit better before I met you because you've taught me that I can't just write a check. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I firmly believe in that because, uh, you know, the Lord wants us to be relational. Oh, and, yeah. you know, people get isolated. And, uh, and, and even, you know, with the division that we've got going on in the world right now, we know that people are under so much pressure. And, you know, it goes back to the saying that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And uh, I'm glad that you mentioned breaking the broken. And I wish I would have grabbed because I've got their stuff. Okay. I'm going to say on my bookshelf, I'm not going to get up and go get it because I don't want to interrupt the broadcast. I got their stuff and I know how good it is. But, uh, you know, which really is important for people to understand, there is a whole different aspect. We have mindsets about what we think poverty is or what, you know, people are going on in the, in the jails or single moms and all of these crisis situations. And, and that book really, really addresses some underlying things. So uh, tell them, and we're going to go into your other curriculum and stuff in a little bit, but tell them where they can find that book because I've got it, but I bought it directly from y'all. So I don't know where it's at. I'm assuming it's on, it's Amazon. on Amazon and it is also in audible. Uh, you can get it. You can get an, um, a Kindle copy, Audible, it's all on Amazon. And after the broadcast, I'm going to go and put all these links in there for Breaking the Broken, for Gigi's House, for 180 Degrees, and for Restoration Church, because I want you guys to have these resources. Because even if you're going, okay, I've read, uh, I know Meredith and Rob, I've read Rob's book and so forth. Everything we get is not always for us. You need to, if you've already read it, you need to get it in the hands of someone else who has not. Someone who can look at it from a different perspective, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so many times, and the church is, and I'm not hating on the church, but many times it's single focused, you know? It's like, like you said, it's, it's almost like, let's go out and do a big shindig and let's meet some needs. Check our little box. 
oh boy, we felt good. This was great. That whatever we leave and their food is gone, they're still in the same. What impact did we have? Other mm -hmm. than they maybe felt the love of Christ for one day. You know, it's about that relationship that iron sharpens iron and even learning and growing right along with them. Because right. when you get into the ditches with somebody, they know that you care. Yep. And I know yep. you've been in some ditches. I've been in lots of ditches. <laughs> Lots of 3 a.m. phone calls, lots of, you know, drives to the hospitals, you know. So, yeah. But God has used you in so many ways. And it's it's just been such a blessing to watch over the years. I always enjoy, you know, getting little snippets of what God's doing in your life. And I'm just so honored to have you on here today. Um, you know, Gigi's house. I want to talk mm -hmm. about this for a moment. And then we'll segue back into ministry because everything it's not it's not just what we do. It's who we are. It's, right. it's doing life. It's, it's why we're here. You know, I mean, frankly, it is, you know, all of those other things are pretty and shiny. But when it comes down to it at the end of the day, we are called to be carriers of the light of Jesus Christ to impact the world around us, not allow the world to impact us. So I love the whole concept of Gigi's house. Tell us how that got started, because it's a little <laughs> different from what you normally do. Let's talk about Gigi's house. Well, the book um, is actually fiction. I love it. And, um, and being in all the different groups that we've been a part of, you know, the Christian women in media and different things like that. And also, um, everybody kept telling me, you need to write your story. You need to write your story. And I'm like, what story, what story am I supposed to write? You got you know, so stories. How can you put it all in the book? <laughs> and so I started, you know, gathering information about my childhood and past and it just didn't fit and it wasn't like oh what am i doing with this you know and we've got this curriculum and and people's lives are being changed because of it i mean i've got letter after letter after letter of people who i mean i can't tell you how many people i've, I've talked to and they look at me and they say i was not arrested i was saved you know I am so glad I was arrested at this time, put in this jail to meet you, your volunteers, and to go through this curriculum. Because if I hadn't, I would be dead today. But yet now you look at their pictures and their their pictures of their kids and they've got jobs and one just bought a house. And, you know, and it's just the saving grace of God done in a way that reaches people to realize that you've got to change your inside first before you can do anything. And, and so my Gigi's house started with, okay, how do I make this work? Okay. Is it just a curriculum and I'll just make it this person or that person? And, and it's really funny because we were in Florida. I'm sitting on my dad's dock. He has lives on a canal. The sun is beating down on me and I'm frustrated. I am so frustrated because I'm trying to figure out how's this book supposed to work. I am leaning back. It is in December. I'm laying back and all of a sudden across the canal, there's yelling and screaming. It's a, and it's not a house. It's a rental house. And there's this yelling and screaming and the, and the door slam. And all of a sudden it was like the book just downloaded. Wow. And it was like, Oh, okay. It's got to be completely fiction. It's but we're going to use how we got started and what we did and 
and then the restoration of Raylin, who is the main character. And the funny thing is, is because I can't tell you how many people have said, oh, that, that Raylin, she's me. And I'm like, well, no, she's not, but that's okay. She goes, oh, yes, she is. And then someone else will say, well, Raylin's me. And I'm like, yeah, but no, she's not. She's, she's like a lot of everybody put into one. She's part of me. She's part of this other person, this other person, you know, but she's her own person, but yet it's her story of redemption and, and restoration when she finally, finally met the Lord. Hallelujah. And so book two is in the process right now. And book two is going to be her story of how God then uses her in her unique purpose. Everything is about, we are God's masterpieces. He created us to do great things long before we just got to figure it out. And we got to take all of this stuff that happened in our past to use it now for God's glory instead of, well, you don't know how bad my past is. No, I don't. But God was there. He allowed things to happen. So what are you going to do with it? Are you going to sit and sulk or are you going to use it for his glory so that the next person can say, oh, I don't have to take 10 years of baggage and 10 years of prison, six months at a time, I can do something different. Amen. Wow. And so that's my Gigi's house. Hold it back up so they can see the cover. Cause I love the cover. We were talking about this before. I mean, y'all look how beautifully illustrated that is a gifted artist. Who was the artist that did the cover? So originally, um, Miss Hickley, um, she is a, in high school. I, I think she's actually going to go to college now. Um, she did the front cover for me. Um, her name is Lauren. She doesn't, she took some time off because I asked her to do my second cover, but she said she's doing her studies instead. But um, I gave her some ideas of what I wanted and she came up with the original picture. Okay. Because in the very beginning, Raylin, um, I'll just give it away a little bit. So Raylin um, is in an abusive relationship. She promises God that if he gets her through the night, she'll seek help. The next day is Sunday. So she knows that church will be in session. So she for sure thought the church would be the place to go. But because of her shame and her guilt, when she got there and the doors flew open and made us, you know, made us a big statement, she was like, I can't go in there. She slams the door and takes off running. So here's her running from the church. And unfortunately, there's a lot of Raylins out there that have run from the church because of the shame and the guilt Absolutely. and they don't feel worthy. And yet God came because not as, you know, as it says in the scriptures, he didn't come for the, for those who are healthy. He came for those who are sick. Amen. And unfortunately the church has become this building that shuns people when they walk in with all of their garbage. Come on. And and we can't do that anymore because that's not who God is. Okay. Here's another person saying, that's me. That's how I was. Yeah. You know, and I wouldn't come close to God because I did not feel worthy. And, you know, I knew I could never measure up. And, you know, I was that broken woman. Wow. Oh, 
Now, listen, y'all. I love Meredith, okay, but I'm really <laughs> there's no excuse for me to not have read her book. I'm going to read it. I promise you. I'm going to read it. I wanted to read it before the broadcast, but I just simply have not had time. But I can't wait to get it, Meredith. I can't wait for the when do you have a target date uh, with the editors when you're going to have your next one released? I do not yet. Okay. Um, it's taking a little time because uh, one of the best, and this is just going to be your snippet, if you are an author out there or want to be an author and you have a story to tell, this was the best advice that I got from my publisher. And my publisher said, send it to somebody who doesn't know you and doesn't know your story ah. and listen to their feedback. And so um, part actually... <laughs> Part two was actually supposed to be in part one, but when it got to, let's see, I think we're at 200 pages. Yeah, 253 pages by the time we got to the end. Um, when you, <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, I can't wrap it up. So I ended it with her. Um, and did I tell you she was pregnant and thinking about an abortion? Yeah. So I'm not going to give it away about the redemption story in there, but, and the other part of this, so back to the 180, she ends up going through the 180 program, but so it's not preaching at her, but it's her telling what she's learning while she's going through it. That's amazing. Um, so that's how it all came about. But um, I'm taking my time with book two only because I want it to be, first of all, I need to bring back some of the characters so you can know their story. A lot of people said they want to understand what happened to them. Um, and then, um, and there's some hard parts in book two. Um, and part of it is very true um, to things that happened to us while we were in ministry. I talk about the attack. Um, I talk about waking up one day and uh, one of the girls that we had been ministering to had died of an overdose. She'd been dead for a couple of days on a couch and nobody knew it. So I'm reaching on some other topics in there yeah. to, that are going to be, I need to very wade very carefully because I want to give credit where credit is due with God that he is a redeemer. Yes. Amen. And not just glide over it. Well, that's happened. And, and so what? And now you forget her kind of thing. Because there's so many stories and so much in there about, especially with churches who think, well, I did this or I did that. And it was their choice. Well, it is their choice. But it's also our choice as the church to do ministry different and to reach them where they are. And do we pay a, a light bill once in a while? Yeah. Sure. But do we pay a water bill for a newborn so that she can make formula? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. But then we also walk with them in relationship as to why and how, you know, how do we help you become what God created you to be? And he did not create you to stay in this cycle of dysfunction and codependency. And and unfortunately, the government has kept us in this what I call slavery, a reliance on the government. Right. And it is easier to stay in food stamps. It's easier to stay on the government assistance. And it's very hard. And unfortunately, the church perpetuates that system with every time they turn around, they pay a bill and they don't get into relationship as to why do you need that bill paid? Right. How can we help you get a job, get that education, 
You know, is it that we need to watch your kids so that you can go to work at night because there are no daycares at night? I can't right. tell you how many kids slept on our couches, how many kids stayed at our house because their parents needed to work and they couldn't get daycare certificates, yeah. you know, and, you know, and the church, they need to do different. It's not about Sunday morning services anymore. It's about reaching those souls for Christ and you've got to reach them where they are. Yeah. I love what y'all are doing with Restoration Church because you're literally taking uh, scripture, imparting it into those, and then going deeper in that and building relationship. And to be frank, you're doing life with people. You're yeah. not saying, okay, do step one, two, and three, and you're, <laughs> everything's going to be hunky dory. You're literally doing life. And, you know, for those that have ears to hear, their lives can be transformed. So. I want to go back a little bit about 180. I want to elaborate on that because I want people to know that if you're running a program, if you are doing detention ministry, or if you are doing anything, or even if you want to use it as a small group, as it originally started out the material to just get a level of freedom, you know, and I've worked in various areas of inner healing, deliverance, you know, I've got my degree and, you know, my master's in counseling. I get, I get all of that. But listen, y'all, you need all the tools that you can get. <laughs> This is a valuable tool. And uh, so tell them more about 180. And be and, and I know it's still, you're still, even though you're in Florida and you're, God's got you doing this new thing, it's still very much available for those who oh, yeah. want to use it. So share some more about 180. Well, if you go to our website, unfortunately, it's in the process of being redone. We are in the process of rebranding the front covers and different things to make it more appealing, even more to, um, not just um, inner city ministries or detention ministry, jail ministry, but also corporate because we've got a lot of hurting and broken people even in the corporate in the marriage. We're getting ready to do uh, a book on marriage as well. But um, yeah, <laughs> and we got lots of stories to tell. Well, so yay. <laughs> um, but the 180 program is available. It's available as an online or in the book forms. But basically, you have New Beginnings, which is the let's stop and start over. That's where the name came from. We're not going to do a 360 because then we end up right back where we started from. Yep. Um, but we're going to kind of do a U-turn and refocus. Um, it does have um, the biblically part. And then we also have um, a couple of pieces that are secular. We took all the scripture out. Are they as effective? No, they're not. Um, but we were asked to do it for some people. So we made it available. But the 180 starts, and this is where people go, why in the world did you start here? But we start in chapter one, taking the Band-Aid off. And we don't just kind of take it like this. We rip it off. We see that gashing hole that so many people have put Band-Aid upon Band-Aid upon Band-Aid on. And it's just oozing with the goo and the yuck. And it's never been cleaned out. And that's our heart. We have taken all this hurt and all this past and all this, and we've just added and added and added, you know, and we wonder why we're always in broken relationships with people. It's, you know, it's because we want to be loved. Yeah. And until we realize that God loves us and he wants to take all of this brokenness and create something new in it, we will continue to go into relationships that are unhealthy relationships that are codependent because yes. we don't know any better. Right. right. And so we break that in week one, we talk about those relationships, 
how it started in our past, you know, based upon our family origin, that kind of stuff, that that whole family of origin. But then we also end week one with forgiveness. Yes, yeah, so important. Yeah, because people, and I tell people, it's not about writing letters. It's not about calling people. This is between you and God. And the person you need to seek forgiveness might be dead. Right. You right. know, there are people that may have already passed on. You can't go to them and say, why did you do this? Right, right. And the only person this is between you is you and God so yeah. that you can get yourself healthy enough to say, you know what? That's your junk. I don't have to live in it anymore. Yeah. And it's, you know, and it's going to just go off my back. And if it does start to take hold, well, then guess what? I will very quickly talk to God, ask for forgiveness and walk on. Yes. You know, and then we too, we look at this thing called self-fulfilling prophecy, but we've added some steps in there. And a lot of the people that um, are counselors and, and, um, and oh, whatever, psychologists and stuff, you know, will look at it and they're like, oh my gosh, this you know, I teach this all the time, but because you've added this extra step, it makes all the sense in the world and they're using it. I can't tell you how many counselors will use this with their people um, and or a church will use it like on a Tuesday night. And then the person's um, counseling appointment is on Wednesday. And so they take this book and they are able to get those layers back faster because they have a place to say, okay, Instead of how does this make you feel, they have a place to say, okay, so we've talked about this. Now, how do we relate this to this and what we were talking about last week? So it's a kind of a, counselors have used it around the world as well. Uh, it connects the dots. And so, huh? It connects the dots and the missing pieces. He does. But, and it's just a way, and then, Starting in week three, we rebuild so that by week eight, we have rewritten our story with the backdrop of the cross and said, okay, Jesus, I'm yours. Amen. And that's what it's about is submitting your life in a life of transformation, living out every day until he takes you home so that everybody will know that something is different inside of you and they will want to ask you why and what. And you can share the gospel. Wow. I love it. I love it. When the first time I seen it, I was like, oh my gosh, because I've been doing these things for years, these weekend getaways where you take Friday, Saturday and Sunday and you unpack and you deal with these issues, these root issues of generational stuff, mm -hmm. and and traumas and, and forgiveness issues and, and, you know, soul ties, all kinds of stuff. And so when I first seen it, I was like, Glory to God, this is perfect. It's all put together where you don't have to go and do that. You can literally work through this. And with the digital downloads, y'all, you can print them out, uh, which makes it you get the updates that way. Uh, and which is really important as well. But either way, whether you get it in a digital download or whether you order it, you know, in a hard uh, bound book, you need to have this in your library because I can promise you there are tools in there that you need in your tool belt and there's tools in there that can literally change some lives. So now with Gigi's house and that and restoration stuff, I'm just, oh my goodness. I told Meredith before we got started, I said, we could talk about so many things and we could talk for hours. Okay. The paint off the wall with this woman, cause she is so, I just love her and I miss her so much, but I do know that she's at the right place at the right time 
for the right reason, because I know how sensitive you and Rob are to the Holy Spirit. <laughs> oh, my goodness. My goodness is so good. So we will have her definitely back and we'll talk about more stuff uh, in the in the area of, of that broken girl, of that girl in Gigi's book where I mean, listen, everybody has got a story and everybody mm -hmm. is hurting. And many times the enemy will isolate us to think that we're the only ones. And mm -hmm. that shame and condemnation is so heavy when God is trying to bring in healing and conviction to be able to help us break away from all of the past hurts, all of the traumas and all of the chains that we carry. And these are just some of the tools that God uses uh, through the, you know, the Kindle. So listen, y'all, I'll put the links in there. <laughs> And uh, and I want you to go to their Facebook pages and like it. I want you to follow them on any social uh, media platform and watch what God is doing in their lives. Because I've just watched their life since I met. Gosh, when did I meet you, Meredith? I think I've known you what, about seven years, eight years now, about 10. I, it's been a while. Was it the very first time or was that or did we rekindle at West End during when we were walking around with um, Dr. Monty Burks? Oh, that was no. That was that was way after. That was yeah. real. That was real. Right. Yeah, because see, we've been in the same circles because we have the heart of God to help people, and so her and I have been in the same circles. I think we originally met at Swimma, maybe. I don't know when it was at Bell Mead. <laughs> yes. Or were you there when it was in downtown Nashville? No, Bell Mead Country Club. Yeah, Bell Mead. Yeah. Bell Mead. Yep. Club, yes. So that's been, oh my gosh, 10 years? A long time. I've just, okay, so I've known her long enough to love her and you don't have to be around her very long to, to love her and Rob's heart. And I can't wait for their marriage piece because God's got us working on a, a project, Keys to Your Best Marriage. But I know some backstory on their marriage and you've got whatever they write, you need to get it. I'm just saying. It's going to be good. It's going to be really good. So Meredith, if I, if I was asked you to leave the viewers with one key, today a key to help them um, live the transformed life or to walk in wholeness or whatever it is what does the holy spirit put on your heart to leave with them today to my one i think to find that purpose and to live that purpose um i think satan has done a great job as you said kept us isolated i mean look at he brought COVID around i mean and everybody became isolated i mean you know, I think I heard a statistic the other day that California said we need to open up because we've already hit our suicide quota for the year. And it's June. My, you know, I think it was a May quota. I mean, it's just awful. But find your purpose because Satan wants so badly to make us feel like we are unworthy, mm -hmm. that, our, that we have done so much in our past that God could never forgive us, you know. And that is a lie straight from, from hell. It really is. So that purpose is to live out Ephesians 2.10. Yeah. We are created his masterpiece. Yeah. And we were created with purpose. We're as, as the saying goes, we are created um, on purpose for a purpose. Yep. You need to find out what that purpose is. Amen. And that is the biggest nugget because until you can realize that you are created as a masterpiece Yes. in the image of God to do great things while we're here on this earth. You will flounder and Satan will take you down. Oh. And we don't need that anymore. We need to, we need to rise up 
Yes. We need to, we don't need to have a platform of a church. We don't need to have, we need to have the platform of our bodies that God created us to live in on this earth to be his purpose, living out every single day, something different. Amen. Because everybody, listen, y'all, that, that is a powerful statement because every one of you are called for something mm-hmm. and you're called for greatness and to impact your sphere of influence, whether you are the mom at home, uh, homeschooling your children or on the playground, or if you are the worker that is out there on the job site or whether you are a professor in a school, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, we have influence in us. And when we're tapping into the Holy Spirit, it's, it's a filtering out into the community. And so many times people think, well, I'm just this or just that. I spent 15 years in marketplace ministry. That's why I'm glad that you're revamping that for corporate structures mm-hmm. because I've been marketplace ministry for a long time. And, you know, it is needed. Um, it, you know, those type of tools are needed. So, but you've got to be in your purpose regardless of whether you're at, and it doesn't take, you know, um, so y'all, you know, I'm not knocking education. You know, we've got one. It's a good thing to have, but It doesn't take all of that. It takes allowing the work of the Holy Spirit to go in and clean you up, find those broken pieces, mend them together. And then then you could turn around and pay it forward with someone else that's going through something. So Meredith, I love you. I'm so grateful for you today. And I'm so glad that you were here with us. And we will definitely have her back because um, there's just so much her and I could talk about. But for those of you watching, have a blessed day. Make sure that you join us next week, next Wednesday. 9 a.m. Central Standard Time for Peace, your best life. God bless you guys. Thank you, Meredith. Thank you. God bless.